After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Nasrih Al-Aziz stated that the name of the companion who I will mention today is Hazrat Abu Talha radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. The actual name of Hazrat Abu Talha Ansari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was Zad. And he belonged to the Ansar tribe of Khazraj and was the chief of his tribe. And he was more commonly known by his title of Abu Talha. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu's father's name was Sahal bin Aswad and the name of his mother was Ubada bin Malik. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu had the opportunity to pledge initiation at the hands of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him during the second pledge at Akbar. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu participated alongside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in all the battles including the battle of Badr. When Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala anhu migrated to Medina, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, formed a bond of brotherhood, i.e. Muakhat, between him and Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was of light brown complexion and of moderate height, and he had never dyed his hair or beard. In other words, he kept his hair as they were. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the stepson of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu and was the son of his wife's first husband. Malik bin Nazar was the first husband of Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha and following his demise she was married to Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu through whom Abdullah and Umair were born. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu sent a marriage proposal to Umm Sulaim and she replied, that by God, I would not have any objection to marrying someone like yourself. However, you are an idolater and I am a Muslim. This is a narration from Sunan Nasai. Thus, Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that she was a Muslim woman and it was not permissible for her to marry him. She further stated that if you were to accept Islam, then I would consider this very act in itself to be my dowry and I would not ask of anything else. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu accepted Islam 
and this was declared to be her dowry. Hazrat Sabit anhu used to say that until this day I have not heard of any woman's dowry to be as esteemed as that of Umm Sulaim anha. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu participated alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the Battle of Badr. And Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that on the day of Badr, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, announced a decision against 24 men from among the chiefs of Quraysh and placed them in a dirty well of the wells of Badr. Whenever the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was victorious over a people, he would stay in the battleground for three nights. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed in Badr and the third day approached, he ordered for the saddle to be placed on his camel. And so the camel was saddled. Thereafter the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set off and the companions also joined him. The companions stated that they believed that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set off for a particular reason. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then reached the well and stood at the top of the well where the bodies of the twenty-four men had been placed. This was a closed well, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began to call their names, as well as the names of their fathers, that, O son of such and such person, had you obeyed Allah and his messenger, would you not have rejoiced now? For verily we have received what our Lord had promised us, but have you also received what your Lord had promised you? Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu further rates, that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu submitted that, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what are you saying to these lifeless bodies? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that I swear by him in whose hand lies the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you are not hearing these words any more than they are hearing them. That is, Allah the Almighty was now relaying those words to them in terms of how terrible their end was. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that when the battle of Uhud took place, people dispersed from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, after facing defeat. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, however, remained in front of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and stood resolutely behind his shield in front of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. It is said that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was an archer who would pull the string of his bow very forcefully, and he had broken two or three bows that day. In other words, he would pull the bow so forcefully that the string of the bow would snap. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed anyone who passed by with a quiver to give it to Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would instruct others that there were plenty of archers and that they should instead give their arrows to Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was standing in front of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, at that particular moment. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would raise his head and look at people, upon which Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to say, that li'abi anta wa ummi ya Rasulullah, la yusibuka sahman nahri duna nahrik. That, O Messenger of Allah, may my parents be sacrificed for your sake. Please do not raise your head and look around, lest an arrow of the enemy hits you. My chest is in front of your chest. Hazrat Anas bin Malik relates that Hazrat Abu Talha would shield the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, with the very same shield that he was using, and that he was an excellent archer. 
When he fired an arrow, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would look at where it landed. This is a narration from Bukhari, and the previous narration was also from Sahih Bukhari. During the Battle of Ahud, it is mentioned that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu would recite the following couplet that Wajhi li wajhik al wa nafsi li nafsik al That is, my face is there to protect your blessed countenance, and my life is ready to be sacrificed for yours. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said to Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu that search someone from among your young men who may assist me so that I may embark on the journey to Khabar. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu placed me that is Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu on the back of his mount and took me with him. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that I was a young boy at the time and had almost reached the age of adolescence and I would serve the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and when the Holy Prophet would get off from his mount, I would often hear him recite the following prayer. Allahumma inni a'uzu bika min al-hammi wal-hazani wal-ajzi wal-kasali wal-bukhli wal-jubni wa-zala'il dayni wal-ghalbatil-rijal That is, O oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from worry and grief, from incapacity and laziness, from miserliness and cowardice, and from being heavily in debt, and from being overpowered by others. In another account of Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the first was from Sahih Bukhari, and this account is also from Sahih Bukhari, in which Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Medina, but had no servant. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu held my hand and brought me to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and stated that, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Anas is a wise child, and he can be of service to you. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I served the Holy Prophet peace be upon him whilst he was journeying and also whilst he remained in his residence. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him never questioned me as to why I carried out a task the way I did and similarly if there was a task I failed to undertake the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would never ask me why this was the case. In other words, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would never admonish him. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates that he was with the Holy Prophet peace be upon him when he returned from Usfan which is a place situated between Mecca and Medina and at the time the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was riding his camel and had seated Hazrat Safiya bin Tuyay radiallahu ta'ala anha behind him when all of a sudden the camel stumbled causing them both to fall. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu immediately dismounted his camel saying O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, may I be sacrificed for you? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that first inquire about the lady. Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu drew a cloth over his face as he went towards Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha and then placed that cloth over her. Thus, this shows how much regard he had for Balda. Thereafter, he readied the camel for them to mount once again and they all formed a ring around the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And when they reached near the outskirts of Medina, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, Aibuna taibuna abiduna lirbina hamidun. That is, we are those who return and who repent to their Lord and who worship Him and praise Him. 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, continued to recite these words until he entered Medina. Whilst narrating the same incident, Hazrat Muslim anhu states, On one occasion when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was returning from the Battle of Khaybar, and alongside him was his wife, Hazrat Safi anha, when the camel suddenly stumbled in its path, consequently causing both to fall off. The camel of Hazrat Abu Talha Ansari anhu was directly behind him, and so he at once dismounted his camel and said, O Messenger of Allah وسلم, may I be sacrificed for you, have you sustained any injury? When Hazrat Abu Talha anhu approached close to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O Abu Talha, first go to my wife, go see to my wife. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said this twice. Hazrat Muslim anhu explains that Hazrat Abu Talha anhu had infinite love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And when the question ever arose about the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, his attention would be on no other person. Yet the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, told him to go and check on his wife first. Hazrat Muslim anhu presented this account whilst discussing the rights of women. Hazrat Anas anhu relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, launched an attack on Khaybar and we offered the morning prayer when we had approached near Khaybar whilst it was still dark. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then mounted his camel and as Hazrat Abu Talha mounted his, I sat behind him on his camel. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then made his camel run fast in the valley of Khaybar and my knee was rubbing against the thigh of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him as they were so close to one another. Then, due to the heat or perhaps for comfort, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, removed the cloth from his thigh. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, lifted the cloth a little from his leg or his knee, until I could see the whiteness of his thigh. Here by thigh it means that the part that is just above the knee. Thereafter, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, entered the village, he stated, Allahu Akbar kharibat khaybar inna iza nazalna bisahati qawmin fasa'a sabahul munzirin That is that Allah the Almighty is great khaybar is destroyed and when we come to a people it is an evil morning for those who have been warned the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, repeated this phrase three times. Hazrat Anas anhu further narrates that when people came out of their homes to attend to their work, they said that Muhammad wasallam, and Abdul Aziz used to say that some of our companions also used to add the word khamis, in other words, army, in addition to the name of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Anas anhu states that we conquered it in battle and the prisoners of war were gathered together and Hazrat Kalbi came and said that, O Messenger of Allah, وسلم, grant me a female servant from among these prisoners. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that go and choose a female servant. He then chose Huyay's daughter, Safiya. Thereupon someone approached the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and said that, O Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, you have handed the daughter of the chief of the Quraiza and Nazir tribe, Safiya bint Huyay, to Dahya, whereas she is only suitable for you. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said that bring both of them here. So he went and brought Safiya, and Dahiya also came. 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Dahiya that choose any other of the prisoners. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then freed Hazrat Safiya and later married her. Thereafter, Hazrat Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked Hazrat Anas that what did Abu Hamza, i.e. the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, give her in dowry? To which he replied that he freed her and then married her, so her freedom was the dowry. And whilst they were still travelling, Hazrat Umar Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha prepared Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And after sending her to him, the wedding took place. It is said that the following day, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that if anyone possesses something, then let him bring it forward. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then lay out a leather tablecloth. Someone brought dates, whilst others brought butter. And Abdul Aziz states that I believe that he also mentioned sattu, a parched grain of barley. He then states that this was then all mixed together and knead, and this in fact was the Valima proceedings of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In another narration it states that after the conquest of Khaybar, Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha fell in the lot of Hazrat Dahiya, and many companions it was not just one companion, rather many of the companions came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and spoke words of praise for Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, and also that with respect to her status and rank, it will be befitting if the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, chose her for himself, in other words, to take her in marriage. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sent a message to Hazrat Dahiya and took Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha in exchange for seven prisoners. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then instructed Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha to look after her. And then, as it was mentioned earlier, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then married Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, that on this day, i.e. on the day of the battle of Hunayn, whosoever kills the disbeliever, he will be granted the money and wealth of that disbeliever as they spoil from the battle. And on that day, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu killed twenty disbelievers and took their wealth as spoils of the battle. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu saw that Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha with a dagger in her hand and asked, that, O Umm Sulaim, what is the purpose of this? She replied that I swear by God, it is my intention that if a disbeliever passes within range, I will strike this dagger into their abdomen. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu informed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, about this incident. And this narration is found in Sunan Abidud. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that the sole voice of Abu Talha was louder and heard above all others in his faction. And the traditions also cite a hundred soldiers and a thousand soldiers rather than a faction. In other words, that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu had a very powerful voice. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away in 34 Hijri at the age of 70 in Medina and his funeral was led by Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. However, according to Ahl Basra, i.e. the residents of the city of Basra, he passed away during a journey on sea and was buried on an island. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, that during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu would refrain from voluntary fasting as he wanted to preserve his strength when engaging in jihad. 
However, Hazrat Anas anhu further relates that after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, he observed that Hazrat Abu Talha anhu kept fast every single day except for an Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. In other words, he started regularly observing fasts after this. Then we find the following example of hospitality of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu narrates that a man once came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, upon which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked someone to send word to his wives. However, they replied that they had nothing except water to give. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then asked who would help take care of this guest. Amongst the Ansar, one replied that I will. Thus, the Ansar took this guest along with him and told his wife to extend the best hospitality possible, as this was the guest of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. His wife replied that they had no food to give, as all that was left was barely enough to feed their children. However, husband told her to prepare the remaining food for the guest and light up the oil lamp and when evening dinner time arrived to put the children to bed. Thus, his wife prepared the food, lit up the oil lamp and tucked the children into bed. Then, she got up and acted as if fixing the oil lamp and blew the candlelight off. Thus, the husband and wife made it appear as if they too had been eating, however they in fact spent the night on an empty stomach. The next morning, when he went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he stated that today Allah the Almighty smiled upon your act. Or the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated that Allah the Almighty was extremely pleased with this act of theirs. Then the following revelation was revealed. وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا وَمَنْ يُوكَ الشُّحَ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Meaning, that they prefer the refugees to themselves, even though poverty be their own lot. And whoso is rid of the covetousness of his own soul, it is these who will be successful. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, that when on one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, cut his hair, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the first to receive some of it. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates, that once, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha whether she had any food, as he had noticed that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's voice was faint, and therefore assumed that he may be hungry. She replied that yes, and then took out some bread made of barley. She placed the bread in the corner of a loose shawl, and wrapped it and handed it to me. She also tied a part of the loose shawl around my waist, and sent me to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates that I took this with me and found the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in the mosque where there were some others as well. I stood beside the Holy Prophet peace be upon him who said that has Abu Talha sent you? Yes indeed, I replied. Has he sent you with food? asked the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to which I replied, yes. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then instructed the companions around him to depart with him. Instead of eating the food, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked his companions to come with him, and also took the food along with him. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I was walking ahead of him when I came across Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu and informed him that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was coming here. As Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, that O Umm Sulaim, 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is coming here in the company of other people, but we do not have enough food to feed them, because the few pieces of bread that were sent were being returned. However, she replied that Allah and His Messenger وسلم, know best. Hazrat Abu Talha quickly left from his home in order to meet the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, as Hazrat Anas reached home before them. Hazrat Abu Talha arrived with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O oh, Miss Sulam, bring whatever you have to eat. She bought bread, which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed to break into pieces, which she did so. Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anhu then poured some butter and presented it as a dish. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed on the bread in the manner God Almighty desired from him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to call ten people to eat, and they were all called inside and they ate until they were content, and then they left. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to let the next ten people inside, and they also ate until they were content, and then they left. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to let another ten people inside, and they also ate until they were content, and then they also left. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to let the next ten people inside, and they also ate until they were content, and then they left. Thus, all of them ate to their fill, and they totaled approximately seventy or eighty people. Thus, this is one of the narrations that shows the blessings of the prayers of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu owned the most great orchard among all the Ansar in Medina. Among them his most prized orchard was called Behra, which was situated in front of the mosque, and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would also visit this orchard and drink from its clean water. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that when the following verse was revealed, that never shall you attain righteousness unless you spend of that which you love. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu stood up and said, that O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, God Almighty states, that lan tanalul birra hatta tunfiku mimma tuhibboon, that never shall you attain to righteousness unless you spend out of that which you love. Therefore, from my property, my most beloved possession is this Behra orchard, and I offer that as charity, I sadqa in the way of Allah the Almighty. And I am hopeful that Allah the Almighty will accept this virtue and it will be beneficial. Thus, you may spend it wherever you wish to do so. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that well done, this sacrifice is very beneficial. Or perhaps the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that this sacrifice will be everlasting. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that I have heard your request and I consider it best if you distribute this amongst your close relatives. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied that, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I shall do so exactly as you have commanded. And so Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu distributed this orchard amongst his relatives and the sons of his uncle. Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu has the honour and privilege of being the one who buried one of the daughters of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, after her mice. On the instructions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu descended into the grave and placed a blessed body into the grave. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that on one occasion a sudden panic spread in Medina and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, took the horse of Hazrat Abu Talha which was relatively slothful or perhaps it moved slowly 
When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned, he said to Hazrat Abu Talha that he found his horse to have moved like a flowing river. In other words, that it moved at great speed. And after this incident, no other horse could compete in speed with this horse of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Anas bin Malik states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would often sit with us and he would say to my younger brother in a light-hearted manner that, O oh, Abu Umar, what did Nuwair do? Abu Umar had a pet bird which was called Nuwair and when it died or perhaps it flew away, Abu Umar was distraught. Hence, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would say this to him in a very light-hearted manner. On many occasions, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would be in our home when it would be the time for prayer. And so, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would order the cloth to be laid down which he would usually sit on. Hence, we would clean the cloth and place it for prayers. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would then stand up to lead the prayers. And we would stand in congregation behind him. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, And when Abdullah bin Abi Talha Ansari was born, this was the son of Abu Talha radiallahu anhu and the stepbrother of Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu from his mother's side, he says that I took him to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, when at the time he was clothed in his cloak and was placing coal on his donkey. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked me if I had any dates with me, to which I replied in the affirmative. I then presented some dates to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which he placed in his mouth and chewed it well. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then opened the child's mouth and placed them inside for the baby to suckle on. The baby began to suck on it, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that love the dates of the Ansar. In other words, the child also liked them, and then the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, named him Abdullah. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that a child of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was ill, and when he left the house, the child passed away. When he returned home, he inquired about the health of the child from his wife, Hazrat Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anha, and she replied that he is now in more comfort than before. She then gave him dinner, and after spending the night together, she informed him of the passing of their child, and that he ought to go and bury him. Thus, in the morning, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anha mentioned this entire incident to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, who then prayed for his offspring, and hence, after this incident, he was blessed with a son. Hazrat Muslim ta'ala anhu explains this incident in the following manner. He states that it is not difficult for a believer to sacrifice his life and in reality for a believer it is nothing significant. He then states that with regards to Ghalib there are varying opinions about whether he drank alcohol or not. Hazrat Muslim ta'ala anhu says that he was related to us and I have heard from my grandmothers and paternal aunts that he used to drink alcohol. But even a person who was addicted to alcohol could compose the following verses. That though I gave my life for him, it was his in any case. To speak the truth, I couldn't repay my dues to him. In other words, if one were to offer their life in the way of Allah the Almighty, it is not an extraordinary feat, for even this life was after all granted by him. Hence, to sacrifice one's life in accordance to the commandment of God Almighty is not considered as huge sacrifice on his part, because after all, his very life belonged to God, and thus to return something which one has been entrusted with temporarily does not constitute as sacrifice. 
Hazrat Muslim states that there is an account recorded in the hadith regarding a female companion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anham. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had tasked her husband Abu Talha radiallahu anhu with some religious duties for which he had to travel outside of the city. At the time, the child was unwell and naturally he was very concerned about the condition of the child. When the companion returned, the child had passed away in his absence and the mother placed a sheet of cloth over the child's body and readied herself by taking a bath and put on some perfume. Then, whilst displaying great courage, she welcomed her husband home. Upon arriving, the companion immediately inquired about the child's health and she replied that the child was completely at rest. The companion then contentedly ate his meal, took some rest and also spent the night with his wife. It was only after this that the wife then stated that I would like to ask something from you. What is it you wish to ask? said the husband. His wife then stated that if someone entrusts you with something and then after a while wishes to take it back, should that be returned to him or not? The husband replied that which foolish person will not return that which was only kept with him as a trust? But after all, one may be little saddened since they have to return it, said his wife. The husband replied, Why should one be saddened? It was not his to begin with. Therefore, there is no question of expressing any sadness over it. The wife then stated, Well, if that is the case, then Allah the Almighty, who only granted this child to us as a trust, has now taken it back. Thus, such was the courage and strength that was displayed by the women in that time. Therefore, to offer one's life is not something significant, particularly for a moment, i.e. a true believer. According to the aforementioned hadith, it states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed for them, and as a result they were blessed with many children. They were granted a son very soon after this incident, and were granted with so many blessings that according to an Ansari companion's narration, he states that he saw nine sons of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and all of them were qadis, i.e. reciters of the Holy Qur'an. Asim Ahwar relates that he saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, bowl with Hazrat Anas radiallahu anhu. A crack had appeared in the bowl and Hazrat Anas had repaired it with silver. It was a large and beautiful bowl made from a very high quality wood. And Hazrat Anas related that on many occasions he had the opportunity to present water to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, from this bowl. Ibn Sirin relates that this bowl was joined together with a metal thread and Hazrat Anas wished to join it together with a thread made of gold or silver. However, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu anhu told him that he should not make any changes to what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had made himself. Thus, he abandoned this idea of his. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, he was presenting alcohol made from dates to Hazrat Abu Talha Ansari, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Al-Jarrah, and Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab radiallahu anhum, when someone arrived and informed them that alcohol had been declared forbidden. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated, that O Anas break these pots. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that he hit the bottom of the pots with a stone and smashed them all. Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, when the Holy Prophet peace be upon him passed away, there was an individual in Medina who had prepared the lahad, i.e. a grave which has a hollow cavity within the actual grave where the body would be placed. And there was another individual who would prepare a simple straight grave. The companions decided that they would pray the istikhara prayer before their Lord and then send word to both individuals. And whichever of the two came last, they would not use his services. In other words, they would use the services of the one who would come first. And so the message was sent to both individuals and the one who prepared the lahad came first and the companions appointed him to prepare the grave of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him.
In the commentary of this narration, it states that Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu anhu was the one who would prepare the lahad, and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anhu was the one who would prepare the simple grave. This is the complete account of Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu anhu. I shall now mention some brief details of a deceased member and will also lead their funeral prayer in absentia after the Friday prayers. The funeral prayer is of respected Babu Muhammad Latif Sahib Amritsari, son of Hazrat Mia Nur Muhammad Sahib, who was a companion of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. He passed away on 26th January 2020 in Rabwa at the age of 90. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajun. Surely to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, the deceased was a Musi, and he was the younger brother of a very prominent and well-known missionary of the community, respected Mulana Muhammad Sadiq Amritsari Sahib. Babu Latif Sahib's father, respected Mia Nur Muhammad Sahib, was a companion of the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam. And his father took Babu Latif Sahib before Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II and presented him for waqf, i.e. life devotion. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II stated that he had two sons and one of his sons was already a waqf, i.e. life devotee and was serving as a missionary and that this son of his shall also serve all his life like a waqf. And indeed he served like a waqf after working as an office clerk in the railway department for four years, Latif Sai presented his services to work for the Jamaat in October 1952 and was thus granted the opportunity to serve the Jamaat. His initial posting was in Nizarat Baitul Mal in 1952 and in 1954 he was transferred to the office of Roznama Al-Fazl. In 1961 he was appointed as one of the workers in the private secretary office and he served in the private secretary office for the last three years of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih Sani radiallahu ta'ala anhu's khilafat. And he continued to serve in this office during the khilafat of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah. After the migration of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV rahimahullah, the private secretary office also continued to operate there as well and he served there till 2014. In 1985, he was appointed as the Assistant Private Secretary and he fulfilled his duties in a most excellent manner. The total years of his service spanned 62 years, out of which he served for 53 years in the Private Secretary Office in various roles. He had great skill and talent for his work and worked extremely diligently. Alongside his work, he also had a keen interest for religious knowledge and had extensively studied the literature of the Jamaat. He particularly had the opportunity to serve in the organizational matters of Shura during the Khilafat of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah, and also after that as well. While serving in the private secretary office, he was tasked with various responsibilities, among which he would purchase items on behalf of the office and he would do so by spending the Jamaat money with great care and attention.
After the creation of Pakistan, he also had the opportunity to serve in the security of the Markaz, i.e. the headquarters in Qadian for some period of time. He has one son and five daughters, and a few days before his demise, one of his daughters also passed away, who was the wife of Zarif Ahmed Kamar Sahib. The daughter who passed away also has a son who is currently serving as a missionary. The three daughters live in London and also their son, Atik Ahmed, who is also serving here in the Jamaat. One of the workers at the private secretary office, Rana Mubarak Sahib, states that he had the opportunity to work along with him for 32 years and for many years he rendered his services for the administrative matters of the Shura on his own. He would also advise that whenever one is faced with a worldly problem or concern, then alongside prayers they should work even more diligently in their Jamaat work. Then Allah the Almighty alleviates one's concerns. He also states that if ever a fellow worker made a mistake, he would always advise them in a very loving manner. Many other office workers have written the same, that he worked extremely diligently and would advise the fellow office workers. He had great knowledge of the rules and regulations of the Anjuman, and he was also very proficient in writing and would always select the most suitable words. Whenever he would buy a new pen, he would write Bismillah, i.e. in the name of Allah with it, and then continue his work with it. He was extremely punctual in coming to the office, but would not leave simply when it was the end of the office hours. In fact, he would remain seated in his office until his work was complete. And at times he would spend the entire night working in the office and would go home in the morning. When I was in Rabwa, I also observed this as well, that he would come to the office and I would notice that even at Maghrib, he would be coming to the mosque from his office. And at times at Isha or even at Fajr, he would be coming straight from the office. He would put great effort in his work and would never be concerned about going home or that the official office hours had finished. His main objective was to fulfill his Jamaat work. Another great quality of his was that he would never discuss any matter with anyone. Whatever document or letter he was dealing with would always remain discreet and confidential. Similarly, Nasir Sayyid Sahib has written that in 1974, when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah, would go to the Islamabad National Assembly, Latif Sahib was also part of the private secretary staff that would go with Hazur. Apart from fulfilling his office duties, he would also assist others as well in their work, such as help wash the dishes with other workers. In other words, he was an extremely selfless person. May Allah the Almighty grant him his forgiveness and mercy and elevate his status, and may he also enable his children and progeny to continue his good deeds.